Hello and welcome to It's an Arsenal Thing podcast. I'm your host, Tom, and with me is my Tonto to my Lone Ranger, my Robin to my Batman, and my Kanye West to my Kim Kardashian. It's Silent Dave Hutchinson. <laughs> Mood still not good, sir? <laughs> no, not at all. So he comes around to ours for pre-match Stellas in the garden before the West Ham game, stares at my cat on the roof in the baking hot sun and asks me, why don't cats get headaches? How does your brain work, if at all? On the menu tonight, the nerve-jangling draw at the Athletics track and open-air car boot fair known as London Stadium, home of the porn king, David O'Sullivan. Oh, je t'aime. It wasn't what we expected at all and it extinguished some fans' hopes of a title in just 90 minutes plus. I'll examine every talking point, cover every blade of grass and I'll try to keep us sane and sensible in the gun room with the pocketeers. It's an Arsenal thing, it's an Arsenal thing. Believe it or not, it's an Arsenal thing. With football and transfers, you know who you'll bring. You're listening to It's an Arsenal thing. Right, it's happy birthday. Happy birthday. 46th birthday for Freddie Lundberg. Arsene Wenger on Lundberg. I bought him from Humstead after seeing him on television playing for Sweden against England one weekend. I watched the match twice and immediately decided to buy him on Monday after the match. It was one of my greatest moments of madness. Yes, indeed, it was, sir. Let's open up the Arsenal archive, 6th of April 1914. The Islington Gazette reported, not completely accurately, mind you, Woolwich Arsenal had become the Arsenal. The club publicly changed its name on the 23rd of April, but the board did not formally approve the change until the 10th of May 1915. 9th of April 2004, Arsenal came back from 2-1 down to beat Liverpool 4-2. The 31st league game of the unbeaten season Thierry Henry scored a hat-trick and Pires got the other. 9th of April 2016, West Ham 3, Arsenal 3. Goals came from Koscielny, Sanchez and Ozil. It was part of a nine-match run of six wins and three draws to end the season in which Arsenal scored 19 goals. A run which itself followed consecutive defeats which took Arsenal out of the Champions League and the FA Cup. And the last one, 15th of April 2006. The match was nominated as Burkamp Day by the fans. Burkamp himself was a sub. The score was Arsenal 3, West Bromwich Albion 1. Hleb got the first. I love that. Clears your throat, doesn't it? Hleb got the first. Burkamp set up Pires for the second and the third was scored by none other than the non-flying Dutchman Dennis Burkamp in the 89th minute. Match facts. Head-to-head, West Ham have won only two of their last 31 games in all competitions against Arsenal. Drawn five, lost 24. The Hammers have been victorious in just eight of their 53 Premier League games versus the Gunners and only three of those eight wins were at home. The Gunners had lost just three of their 26 Premier League away games at West Ham. David Moyes has taken only one point out of a possible 18 in six Premier League matches as West Ham manager against Mikko Arteta's Arsenal. One more fact before the match. The most points a team has taken after 30 matches in the Premier League season and not gone on to win the Premier League title was 73. That was Manchester United in 2011-12 and Liverpool in 2018-19. It's time to enter the gun room for a natter. Hi, you miserable podders. What's up with you? Uh, welcome to the gun room. Well, it wasn't the best weekend ever, was it? Not the best result. Another away trip, uh, another two goal leads surrendered. 
and another draw. This led to a great many fans voluntarily ending our title challenge. We'll get to that on social media. There, there's many of them. <laughs> um, they were looking for scapegoats and questioning even Mikko Arteta. But as I say, we'll get to that. Thankfully, for all you pessimists out there, I have the antidote. I have the podcasters to bring sanity and reason to the podcast. So we've got Jay. Uh, new surroundings, Jay. Yeah, just sitting in the kitchen. He's got, his, he's got his Arsenal um, extractor fan there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Everything all right, mate? All good, thanks. All good. Brilliant. Lauren, how's Barcelona? Do you know what I wanted to ask you? Was it, does yeah. it feel weird kind of working in uh, a place where you should be having a holiday? Um, I mean, I've lived here for a while now, so I'm kind of used to it, you know, but uh, it's nice. It's nice. It's having every weekend in the summer when you finish, you know, you can go straight to the beach. Yeah, all right. I'd recommend it. <laughs> I'd recommend it, guys. You should try it out sometime. <laughs> well, over here at the minute, it's really nice in the morning. I mean, it was cracking morning this morning. And by the afternoon, yeah, it turned sour and it was cold and it was coats and everything else. Anyway, uh, there's no pool tonight. He's being treated at an NHS hospital for severe disappointment. At the weekend, uh, his nerves are shot to bits. He's probably drinking way too much, but we uh, we look forward to having him back on the podcast at some stage. At least this is this is what happens when you hire a series of shit managers. Thankfully, Sean Dyche is in the role now. Um, Paul will have a big smile on his face at the end of the season. Um, Jay, first up, how big was this opportunity that we missed? How big? I mean, to to try and put a positive spin on the on the on the result and, the, and obviously the the Liverpool result is well, after the final whistle things aren't that much different now than they were before kickoff you know we still you know obviously we're slightly um it, it, we two you know we dropped two points city gained two points on us but ultimately the 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 goal as long as we don't slip up on Friday is the same as it was before kickoff as to when we when we go to to the Etihad um it, it was never going to be easy. You know, it was... It, we were, you said this weeks ago, you got to yeah, earn it. You were always going to drop points. Um, and I still believe City will drop points. I didn't think we'd drop points against um, against West Ham. I thought it would be... Uh, I thought I thought it'd be, we, we'd be able to get the result. Um, disappointing. The performance was concerning, to say the least. Um, and I thought Arteta's substitutions again were a bit confusing. I thought he, um, for the first time, I think this season really, I thought he looked a bit panicky or, or, or his, his substitutions were a bit panicky. Um, and, and that rubbed off on the players because the, the longer the game went on, the, the, the worse the performance got. So, as far as opportunity dropped, you know what? I don't think it, a huge opportunity. I think I said last week after the um, the Anfield result, you know, some draws are good draws, and I think the Anfield draw was all in all a pretty decent draw. I think the West Ham draw was a bad draw, mm-hmm. um, and you know, obviously, you end up with the same amount of points, but it's the it's the psychological effect, isn't it, of you know, getting a point at Anfield. Any season is pretty decent, you know. Um, I think this season, not that any of the big teams have got it, have they? I can't no, recall them. No, and, and obviously, you know, if we 
if we went 2-0 down at Anfield and came back to 2-2 and you get the point, same point as you do the other way around as we did it, you're kind of celebrating it and, and, and you're treating it as a as an achievement. Whereas, you know, in both these games, we've, we've surrendered a two-goal lead, um, should have won both games. But the game on Sunday against West, West Ham, you know, they they were struggling. Uh and, the, and and to be fair, they could have won it, couldn't they? You know, uh we yeah. were looking, we were lucky really again to get away with with just a point. To answer your question, I don't think there was an opportunity missed. I think it felt from from my point of view, from a supporter's point of view, it felt a little bit damaging, you know, for it felt like the team um will be affected. I think there's no doubt, you know, you're not human if you're not, you're not affected by that. And I, and I, and I was just a bit concerned, like I said a minute ago, I was a bit concerned about Arteta's subs and his ideas and, you know, because he had options on that bench and I think he, he chose the wrong options for the second second week running. So, um, yeah, really, really disappointing. Um, struggling, you, you know, you, 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 you're struggling to find any real positives from that, aren't you? Apart from the first 10 minutes where we absolutely blew them away. But Yeah, it was all looking good, wasn't it? I was I was singing, I was shouting, I was screaming, I was up on my feet. And uh, then, I mean, God knows what happened. It just all fell apart. But we'll get to that. Um, this obviously, as Jay said, Lauren, increases the pressure going to Southampton. Uh, it's unthinkable that we, we don't get a result in there, isn't it? I mean, it is, but didn't we draw with them in, you know, at the start of the season as well? So, Oh, you had so, to mention that, didn't you? Well, well let's just be realistic here, you know. <laughs> Where everyone's depressed Arsenal fans again. You no, know? but I, I just think, you know, maybe this is the issue that we're getting a bit complacent. We kind of said, you know, Anfield is going to be really tough. We were bank. Let's be honest, there was nine games left prior to the Anfield game. And the three games we were looking at was, was Anfield, St. James's Park, and then Etihad. The rest we were banking on as being safe wins. It's the Premier League. They're never going to be safe wins. You know, you have to go to those games, respect your opposition, regardless of where they are in, in the table. You know, they might be in a relegation battle, but they have as much to fight for as we do. And you can see that week in, week out now as, as the games come to an end. And yeah, I think it was just complacency, really, that that put us in the position. So I think a massive thing that we have to go into the game against Southampton is that this is a must-win game. This is an absolute must-win game. And look, I think... As long as the, the the players have dealt really well with pressure up until this point, Arteta as well, you know, up until a game or two ago, there was no question marks hanging over their mentality. They'd come up and they'd, they'd proven themselves capable of dealing with every situation that has been faced with them. It's, you know, the pressure's gone up a level now. We're getting to the, we're getting to the finish line. It's, you know, it's within sight. It's tough. I mean, I'm sure none of us can imagine what it's like being a 21-year-old player and you know having that much pressure on you soccer whoever it is you know they're all young um it's tough it's very very tough and you have a young and inexperienced manager as well they have to learn as they do and you know mistakes are going to be made along the way and as long as they can learn from the mistakes that were made last weekend and even the weekend before go into the Southampton game learn from their mistakes previous previously in the season as well it should be good but you know it, it was a tough lesson learned and you know opportunity lost oh, everyone it was it was nasty. It Didn't was definitely nasty. <laughs> and I don't I don't think any of them really wanted to be involved in it either. It didn't look like that. No one there was no real grit. There was no real determination to try and you know, it was just a matter of keeping the head down and getting the game over with. But um no, provided that the players can bounce back and you know, Arteta can 
keep calm in the Southampton game. It should be a game that we are able to get a result from. However, we've seen now, okay, none of these games are easy. We can't get complacent if we want to, you know, continue to push push City towards the very end. Jay, Arsenal News and Mikel Arteta came out with something that may have uh, some bearing. Arsenal News said that the result was down to a lack of composure. And Arteta said there was a lack of aggression. A lot of lacks there. But uh, what do you think? He's got a point. They've got a point as well, haven't they? We, we did fall apart a little bit. We, we looked too comfortable, too cosy. Um, yeah, yeah, I think this, you can you can see all of those those points from Mikel, but I think as well, you, you know, you, we lack a killer instinct, you know, that with it, you, but you only gain that through like consistent domination, if that makes sense. The reason City is, are so good and is because they have that experience of just killing teams off. They, they, they season in, season out, regardless of the player turnover, because obviously it's high there. They're, they're, as a club and as a team, it's drilled into them that you finish teams off, you know, and then Pep will make um, the changes. And we haven't got that at the moment, you know. Um, again, with an experience, um, I'm not sure I really bought into the whole of the team got complacent, as in the complacency that in years gone by, maybe some teams have been guilty of, because I think the team's too inexperienced to, to really think, oh, we can just take it easy now. I, I think it was a culmination of certain, you know, you, you look at the, the handball and, and the penalty and, and, and it was going so well up until that point. Um, I just think the pressure that's coming in this the last, the last few weeks and obviously that's going to come, it, it can only, with the team, they just have to get through it, right? They just have to, the, the manager has to, try and coach them through these periods of high intensity um, and being able to deal with it. Um, I mean, the second half was terrible, but the first half, it was bizarre just how quickly the tables turned, wasn't it? It was crazy just yeah. how one penalty decision affected their, their, their ability to make the right decisions because in every game this season, bar Everton, we have dominated from the first whistle, haven't we? Every single game, including United away and including Liverpool away. Mm -hmm. Southampton, like you mentioned earlier, we drew that one. Every game this season, we've dominated from the first whistle. Now, I'm not saying that continued all the way through, but again, same at West Ham. Um, and I think that is, that's a huge positive. Um, but I just think the pressure at the minute is getting to the players. There's certain key players that are missing. We can't overlook that. You know, Zinchenko wasn't playing. Thomas Partey had a shocker. Who, who would have thought that? You know, he'd been so consistent. I think there's just so many different factors that... Um, the, but also, you know, with all that in mind, the team is still really young, isn't it? They're still learning and they're still... This is the first run at the title. You know, Liverpool had a few runs at it. They missed out by, what was it, a point when they achieved 99 points or 100 and they still didn't win the league. And then the following season, they came back and they won the title. Um, I just think it's it's a culmination of a lot, just the whole, to label the team complacent, just, you know, flippantly just say, oh, they got complacent. I'm not sure the team, I know it sounds a bit bizarre, but it just didn't sit right with me that a team so young and just eager to play and that they don't have 
too many players that have been in this position. Uh, I just think it would, you know, I, I, I just didn't really necessarily agree with the complacency thing. I just thought it was a culmination of a lot of different factors. And as soon as West Ham got that penalty, the crowd woke up, didn't they? And they affected the atmosphere. Yeah, and, damn it. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was disappointing. But the plus point for me is the situation hasn't changed that much. Like I said, we still mm. were still in the same position. We didn't lose, which was massive. In both the games, you know, at Anfield um, and, and at West Ham, we didn't lose, which was absolutely yeah. key because you lose one or you lose both. And the season really is over. And and mm-hmm. because I don't think you can recover from that. I think that there's, the Anfield, there was pl- plenty of positives, but um, I mean, there wasn't too many on Sunday, but uh, we should have been outside, shouldn't we? And I think yeah. Mikel's going to be focusing on that, you know, in training this week, he's going to be focusing on maintaining the good start and the, the, the you know, the positive elements of the game, but also being able to, to stretch that out and control games. But the, more than anything for me, it was a lack of killer instinct. Um, yeah. Another goal in that first half or if Saka scores the penalty, you know, we had chances in the second half, didn't we, as well? We could have, should have scored, you know, yeah. which I'm sure we'll touch on. But, oh, it's, it was worrying, but still, I'm, st- I'm still remaining positive. I'm still hanging in there. I'm not giving up just yet. See, Podders, that's what we're bringing. We're bringing positivity to the table. Uh, let's have a look at that side then. Saliba was still out with a back injury. Tommy Asu, knee. Zinchenko, I didn't know where he'd gone. He, he wasn't even on the subs bench. And then I found out it was a groin injury. Uh, Nketiah was back on the bench, and as was ESR. Trossard missed out again, even though he'd been excellent recently. So, uh, needed not the tea over there. That would have been a tragedy. <laughs> um, let's go with the team. 4-3-3, it was Aaron Ramsdale. Kieran Tierney, really nice to see him back. And um, he was, we'll get to him, but he was doing that Zinchenko bit, wasn't he? He was drifting into the centre. There was a lot of that going on. So obviously that's something that Arteta wants him to bring to his game. Gabriel holding. Uh, he, we got a terrible mark, didn't he, for his performance, but never mind. Ben White, Martin Odegaard, Thomas Party. <sighs> What's that smell? Um, Granite Xhaka, Martinelli, Jesus, and Bukayo Saka. So, uh, unfortunate for, Zin- for Zinchenko, who got negative feedback for his Liverpool performance. But as I say, it was nice to see Kieran Tierney uh, doing his stuff, wasn't it, Jay? He's, um, he's more of the traditional defender, whereas Zinchenko drifts into that midfield that we were talking about. I, I, I've seen, you know, Post-match, he's been given a bit of a hard time. I thought he did pretty well, you know. I thought he put in a decent performance, made some, uh, obviously, a lot more, sort of, you're more um, natural defender than Zinchenko is. And he, it's tough to expect him just to, to slot into the middle and assist um, party in there because he's not, you know, he's not used to that. Um, he hasn't played much, but I thought he did all right. And, and I like him as a player. You know, he's a, mm. he's a good player. He's just... Unfortunately, he's not technically as good as Zinchenko and he can't offer as much going forward. And that's not his fault. That He wasn't bought, you know, all those years ago to play that role. He's just expected to that, to, 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 to do it. And fair play, I thought he did all right. And it, I mean, like I said, I've seen a few people giving him some grief and I didn't agree with it at all. I thought he did OK. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Arsenal played really well for the opening 20 minutes. And then the wheels came off. 
Uh, West Ham's high press really was noticeable from the first whistle. And I, I was just saying, Dave was in the front room with me, scoffing Estella. Um, he, he left the building afterwards. We didn't even speak. I wouldn't speak to him. He wouldn't speak to me. It was one of those. Um, the tight marking and the high press went seven minutes in. Vintage Arsenal, Jesus gets it on the end of a, a chance. Saka skips into the area, finds Partey, who lays the ball off to Odegaard. The Arsenal skipper slides in a great pass through to White. Low cross, and it's tapped him. Uh, it's, it's meat and potatoes, isn't it, for Jesus? I mean, I was kind of expecting, uh, Lauren, Jesus to probably crank it up and get a few. But uh, it didn't work out that way. No, I mean, the first few minutes, like, it just was in cruise control it was ridiculously easy watch I would say you know little do we know what was coming but um it was classic Arsenal goal lovely passing quick touches and Jesus was there just to tap it in and I'm so delighted he's back scoring um you know we mentioned last week he's scoring from open play again there was a lot of criticism of his you know goal contribution prior to his injury prior to the World Cup actually and then obviously he was injured for a good stint after it. And I think a lot of people were worried if he was going to be able to, you know, how he'd fit back into the Arsenal team. How, you know, would he be bringing those goals? And I'm delighted to see that that doesn't seem to be the issue at the moment. You know, when the chances come, you know, that's that's the that's the main thing is, is stringing those passes together and ha- having that flow. But, um, yeah, no, the way it started, it was really, really positive. It looked easy. And I think, you know... We were all probably thinking, yeah, this is going to be a good chance to 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 close that gap on on points with uh, sorry goal difference with City, if it were to come to that at the end of the season. And it looked like the match that we'd be able to do that in because West Ham really didn't get, you know, they didn't get a sniff of the ball. We were all over them. It it was crazy. Even just listening to the commentary, they they didn't even know what to say. You know, they kept referring to it as a training match, and that's exactly what it looked like. There was zero pressure on the Arsenal players. It didn't look like a Premier League match for the first 15, 20 minutes at all. It was it was different level. And, um, you know, I think when when we're saying complacent, I think that's kind of what we're referring to is they just had a, adapted to that. Or, sorry, when I was saying complacent earlier, I think that's what I, what I was referring to. They were, you know, they, they yeah, started the game strongly. You've not been on your own there, though, Lauren. There's loads of people saying yeah, uh, complacency no, for sure. crept in. So uh, it's good for points sure. from both sides, Jay and, and yourself. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just think I just well. think that um they just didn't really get out of that gear, and then when the when obviously things didn't go to plan, which I'm sure we're going to go into a bit more detail after, um there just was no way back. It seemed as if they were setting the mindset that they didn't really need to to push themselves, and I think that's where I was coming from with complacency because uh, what happened after the the you know the the penalty was conceded was car crash. I I, I can't remember. Uh, self-destructing performance yeah. like that in a long long time certainly not this season so uh yeah no but the first first 10 minutes were great i really enjoyed them <laughs> if only we could play a 10 minute match yeah. we'd be away would we we'd be top of the league and hand on the trophy not that one the other one but uh yeah anyway uh i noticed jesus uh, his work rate's phenomenal isn't it jay i mean yeah. there he was up the front he was down the wings he was uh he, he was interchanging all over the place but he was he was right back in midfield, especially in the second half. He was trying to mop up and sort things out. Yeah, he's class. He's class. Uh, just to let you know that Chelsea are going out of the Champions League. Real good, good. We, so uh, good old Frank. Good old Frank. Eh? <laughs> poor, poor Frank. I don't. I mean, 
I feel a bit sorry for him these days. I've got to be honest. He just needs really? to, he needs to <laughs> take up. I just you see him on the sidelines and he just just doesn't look like a football manager. He just he looks just wrecked, just ruined. Mm. Just needs to take up a career in, I don't know, pundit maybe. Anyway, <laughs> Jesus, um, yeah, he was he was superb. He really superb. When there's more misery, is it nearly over, by the way? Uh no, got half an hour left yet. Oh, excellent. More goals. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I mean, he, he, he was really good on the day, like you said, and uh, I didn't understand the substitution at all. Like, I didn't get it. I didn't, you know, because he's, like you said, Tom, he, he, he drifts into midfield sometimes and helps out and his work rate's so good. He's a massive goal threat. He, like Lawrence said, he's scoring from open play now and um, he, he's, he's probably one of our, you know, He's one of our best players, you know. And um, when he was withdrawn with party, it was bizarre. I didn't, I didn't get that, you know, because get another goal, the game's game's over. Uh, so yeah, didn't get that substitution. But again, he's superb, and he's he's going to be like we keep saying, he's going to be he's going to be key, isn't he? Um, and wouldn't it be great if he got the winner at City? You know, it'd be great. That would be nice. That would be scripted, wouldn't it? That'd be the final flourish. Uh, and we're looking forward to that game, by the way, Potters. We're not going to shy away from that. We're going to give it some because next week we do the Southampton game the day before the Man City clash, which is epic. If anyone's around uh, towards the tail end of the week, we're, we're probably nipping before the Tuesday, but we'll, we'll try, try and sort that out another time. Uh, Lauren, 10 minutes. It looked like we, it was going to be a really bad afternoon for West Ham. Rubbing my hands. Old Martinelli, um, was was conjuring up all sorts. Um, take us through that Odegaard uh, goal. Can you remember it? I mean, it was all such a blur, wasn't it? It was all happening and uh, you didn't know where to look. It was very quick. I thought Martinelli started the game very, very well. Um, I think he put, a, he put a ball in and it deflected off one of the players, one of the, sorry, one of the West Ham players, bounced back to him and uh, he whipped in a gorgeous ball all all uh, Odegaard had to do was tap it in uh, more than tap it in but he placed it perfectly and Odegaard got his foot into it and uh, yeah it looked it looked he pretty got two much, bites uh, of the cherry didn't he one with the outside yeah. of the foot and then the other with the inside of the opposite foot and it was uh, mm-hmm. I mean Odegaard was kind of saying I'm here I'm here and yeah he thought, yeah oh if that goes across there might be a chance Absolutely. No, it was a well-placed ball, well-spotted. Uh, definitely wasn't an easy pass to get to him, but Odegaard had plenty of space there. He made it look easier than it was, I think. But um, no, it was a great goal. And look, we were 2-0 up at the time and it was a great feeling. Great feeling. But um, yeah, it, it was, was. We were popping the beers at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it was a great goal. It was a really, really good goal. And I uh, hopefully, you know, if, there, if we're going to take some positives from from the game, you know, that was a really well well-worked piece of play. Um, and you know Martinelli, his first cross didn't go in, but he was there waiting for this for the for the second attempt to put the ball back into the box. And I think that was just you know as Jay mentioned, the killer instinct. You know it was that lack of grit and determination to you know if if it, if at first it doesn't work, you know be there and be ready to to pick up and to keep fighting for it. But that just kind of dropped off then as the game went on, unfortunately. Yeah, West Ham looked flat. They looked disjointed. Uh, we broke them down very easy. It was easy to find the space. Uh, even though they did the high press to start with, they just couldn't mm-hmm. cope with it and uh, they couldn't live with us. I thought they were going to get absolutely hammered. There was such a gulf between the two sides. However, Podders, <laughs> as you will know, Arsenal took their foot off the accelerator and started to play this tippy-tappy, non-productive 
football, which really annoys me. It was great to watch, like an exhibition match. And this is, again, Jay, I think this is a complacency thing. Uh, it was good to watch. It was Ole football. Um, but we weren't going anywhere. And you just, I, I was sitting there and I said to Dave, hey, we've just got to keep pushing. We've got to get this third because I've got a nasty feeling. They're, they're just going to run uh, run onto a chance in a minute. And, uh, and, and so it turned out. But um, we allowed West Ham a little bit of breathing space. Uh, it's this ruthless streak. We've been accused of being a bit cocky as well as casual. What do you think about that, Jay? Cocky and casual. I think that was Piers Morgan. No. No, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't because I think the players are so. I, I didn't see any any cockiness or at Anfield. I didn't see any cockiness against West Ham or, or complacency in the in the sort of the um in the normal sense. I, I think honestly, I just think it's just down to so many different facts. You, you know, you look around the pitch and. Thomas Partey, who's such a massive influence on the team, he's not playing well. So then who else have you got on the pitch? You've got Zinchenko, he's not playing. He's another big voice that's been, you know, heavily important this season. Um, so then who else have you got? Ramsdale, he's in goal. So he's limited to the amount, you know, of, of import. You need leaders out there and you need, when, when, when players aren't playing well or certain parts of the game where certain, you know, performances have dropped off, you need others to step up, you know, at, it was such a great start um, that I just, honestly, I think it's a one-off. I don't think we're going to see that for the rest of the season I because we haven't seen that. I think I, I'm just, I just go by the evidence of this season's performances and yeah, we, we haven't won every game. Yes. We've dropped points, 17 drops points, blah, blah, blah. But even in Everton apart, we haven't seen that in, in the games where we've dropped points. You know, OK, um, Anfield was only a couple of weeks ago, but we could have won that game as well. We had that chance at the end. Saka had the chance, that, you know, he was clean through, you win Great the game, chance. win the game. And you, it, nobody cares about the fact that we, we've, we've conceded a two-goal lead because we've won the game, you know. And Saka scores that penalty. We win the game 3-2. Three, three, Nobody cares about the drop-off. Nobody's talking about us being cocky. Nobody's talking about us being complacent. Everybody's, you know, and the performances could, could have been exactly the same. We just end up winning the game, you know. Um, it's all these fine margins. This is what I'm saying. This is what I mean. Years gone by, Fergie's Man United or, or, or Wenger's Arsenal, Mourinho's Chelsea especially, they, they weren't particularly great to watch. They, but they, they won games at pivotal moments and they dealt with the pressure and then the little aspects of the, of, of the team performance is forgotten because of the result. Now, we didn't get the result, and that's been highlighted so much more because we have been so ridiculously consistent this season. You know, we got the win against Bournemouth, but nobody's, nobody's thinking about that. You know, nobody remembers that performance, really. We all remember it because we watched the team at close you know, close proximity, but that was a bad performance against Bournemouth. We didn't play very well in that game, but we got the win. But we still conceded, you know, the amount of goals we did. We've been conceding a lot of goals recently. Ramsdale's been been keeping us in games and winning us points, which is great. But you don't want your goalie to have a good, you know, you don't want him to be involved. And I just, I just think there's been, you know, obviously losing Saliba as well cannot be, you know, it can't be understated enough. He was such a huge 
player for us. You know, his physical, um, you know, he's an absolute specimen. His the way he imposes himself on forwards, how strong he is, how quick he is, to lose him is massive. You know, he's one of our best players this season. You know, you can't, you know, that Rob Holding, I've thought I think he's done well since he's come in, but the last couple of games, he's you know, he's limited, you know, he's shown his limitations, you know, he's touched tight far too often. You know, there were times in that second half against An Antonio where he's really, really tight up against him. And if he gets spun, which he does more often than not, he hasn't got the recovery pace like Saliba has and he, we're in trouble. And these little factors, you know, uh, it's just, I think it's just the, the fact that we're dropping points a lot of the media and a lot of the pundits are absolutely desperate for us to fail. They, 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 they're so badly, they want to jump on it, don't they? And you can tell, um, you know, in, with a lot of the post-match on Sunday, you know, I saw an interview on Sky with Neville and, and Keane and, you know, Neville was making the point that it wouldn't be a disastrous season if Arsenal didn't win the league. And Keane was saying it would be a disastrous. And I could see both their points, you know, because... We're out of the cups, like Keane was saying. Went out early doors of the cups, and we've we we, we we haven't won the league. So I can see that point of view, but I can also see Neville's point of view. You know, we've progressed and got a lot better. Um, I just think that the spotlight's obviously on us because we're top of the league, and I think any uh, I, I think West Ham have to be given credit for Sunday. They 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 play themselves back into it. Nobody's mentioning that. Nobody's mentioning the fact that. They're fighting for their lives down there. You know, they, they they've been crap all season, but they they still they still got good players. You know, the Declan Rice is is quality. You know, even when they were all awful in that first half, he was running around, wasn't he? he was pressing and he was leading by example. Still got dangerous players. Bowen's still a, a good player, and they're a Premier League team. Like Lauren said, no game's easy, is it? No game is easy, and, and no game is. I think you've hit it on the head. There's two factors yeah. there. Saliba is a massive miss. Uh, you're going to miss that composure, that intelligence, that brawn, which he brings. All of those, and um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just a just kind of a, a shocking time for him to get injured. What was the other point? I've forgotten now. Uh, never mind. Well, it's just uh, that West Ham. West Ham just need to be given... Yeah, they're, they're down yeah. the bottom. They're fighting for their lives. Uh, every every point they get is a, is a point that may get them to cling on to survival in the Premiership. Well, and the, then the we've got Southampton as well. The last thing I just wanted to say on it, on, on, on that, the complacency thing, I just... it's I think another positive as well is that we've still got enough games to learn from this. You know, this isn't fatal. This isn't like this penultimate game of the season and, and we've, 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 we've dropped enough points now to, that, that, that it's not in our hands. It still is in our hands. It's in our hands in exactly the same way as it was before kickoff. You know, it's just, we've got a few less points, yeah. you know, but, and, and obviously the goal difference, but, we're going to win it. We're going to win it the Etienne anyway, so it won't matter. <laughs> um, when we were talking, well, you were talking about um, the media sort of going into cartwheels, Dave Jones on Sky, I thought he was going to explode. He was so excited that Arsenal were coming a cropper. I ditched the normal after-match analysis because I just thought, oh, they're going to incite me to violence. Uh, really are. Lauren, let's, uh, let's push on. Uh, our defending, as we said, was poor again. Uh, mm -hmm. Very 
very naive. Um, so 32 minutes, Arsenal unravel, hit the self-destruct button when party of all people's caught in possession. Walk us through that, uh, Lauren, because it, it was an unbearable patch. Um, he, he was never going to beat Rice with that sort of ball, trying to cheekily chip it over him, wasn't he? Now, I do have something to say about this. It was 100% a handball in the build-up. Hey, no one, they have not gone back to look at that. It was 100% a handball, okay? That's something that's frustrated me about this. Um, I've got yeah, some rough stuff for something. you. Don't worry. Just had to get that off my chest, guys. It's really been weighing on me. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, Partey tried. Look, it was a bit tight at the back. It was a bit, t- you know, tippy-tappy. A bit too close to the box to be messing around like that. Partey tried to flick it over right his head. Lot. Yeah, most of the time we get away with it as well. But look, you know, it's it, two different players playing in that back line as normal. It's not as fluid as it's going to be. You know, Thomas Partey was having an off game. There's a lot of different factors here that that didn't help the situation, you know. Um, yeah, ball flicked up, definitely hit Declan Rice's arm to, to fall but nicely for him. <laughs> did, 100% it did. Um and he, I think he passed. I can't remember exactly what happened after that. If he passed it directly, uh, he laid Paqueta it off to Paqueta, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, And uh, who was also going down before Gabriel? No, I'm joking. But um, yeah, no. Um, Gabriel went in with a pretty, a pretty rash challenge. Let's say didn't get the ball, but um, don't think he got the. He's always got his hands because... up, doesn't he? He knocks someone over, and he's like, "It's not me." I, you, I, you do scratch your head, though, don't you? You, you do scratch yeah. your head what he was doing. Like, mm. come on. Yeah, the chances of coming out of that, uh, you know, without it being a penalty, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was a it was a pretty rough five five or six seconds or so as an Arsenal fan, and you kind of just you know, let's be honest, two of our most reliable players this season, Partey and and uh, Gabriel, you know, and I mean, Gabriel kept us in the game an awful lot last last week as well against Liverpool. He had a great game, but it was just a moment of sheer madness with a few different, you know, a few different things that didn't fall in our favour there either. And As you yeah, say, it was, it was one after the other, wasn't it? It was like, oh, crazy. handball. Oh, the domino penalty. effect, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going but, on? Um, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Look, I think a lot of, a lot of people are saying, you know, it shouldn't have been a penalty. If you go in for a challenge like that, 99% chance that the penalty is going to be given because it was so rash, he wasn't And at home. Ball. Yeah, look, it... it it just it was so baffling to me that nothing was checked regarding the handball or it wasn't you know brought further because that ball went off Declan Rice's arm it was out from his body it wasn't a natural position again there's been a lot of talk about handballs this this weekend and you know what constitutes as natural movement this that's the other blah 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 getting sick of talking about that now but um <laughs> yeah I think I think it was one of those penalty decisions. Oh, she's that mad about probably <laughs> one of those decisions that probably could have, could have been called back based on what had happened in the build up to it. But you know, for some reason, they didn't call it back, and it was allowed to be given. So I'll yeah. give you the official account in a minute from two referees. Jay, mm-hmm. was it a handball or not? Yeah, Lawrence covered it perfectly. Oh, there you go. Of course it was. Of course it was. Uh, I, mean, I won't tell you what Dave was screaming at the TV. You know, oh, you know, the kids were out in the garden. I couldn't have the kids in the house. He was manic. That was more of a handball than the handball that we got for the penalty. Yeah. It's just doesn't make sense. But, I mean, I, I can't add anything more to Lauren. Like what Lauren said, it was just absolutely, it was rubbish. Um, Former how, Premier how League. Is, you know, how, how can it just be 
like how can it how can that go unnoticed? I thought, isn't this ultimately the absolute bread and butter for VAR handballs? Yeah, that's what it's there for. Not even close. So bizarre. Uh, Mark Halsey, uh, former pre- uh, Premier League referee, said there were suggestions Declan Rice handled the ball. Suggestions, did you get that, Lauren? Uh, handled the ball in the build-up, but even if there was contact, it looked to be accidental. An accidental handball is not an offence. I thought that disappeared with Elvis Presley, accidental handball. VAR, VAR would not get involved in the situation because it's subjective. Then Dermot Gallagher goes on. Oh, I can't stand him. I really can't. Uh, Luke Pickard, isn't it? John Luke Pickard from uh, Star Trek. Uh, Right. The thing with this, does it come off his hip onto his arm? Gallagher asks. He's not sure. Does it strike his arm? If it strikes his arm, the referee has got to make a decision. It's very vague, isn't it? It's like, yeah, well, they called it, so it must be. And did it hit him on the hip? It's I like, think the word subjective sums it up perfectly. Like, how, how can a handball be subjective? It either hits the arm or it doesn't. And then, the, you know, obviously we have this vague rule. That's a bit like offside as well, isn't it? What's that about? Shoelaces and fingernails? Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Get us on to that. Anyway, uh, Ben Rama takes the penalty, sends Ramsdale the wrong way. He got worse for Thomas Party. Oh, my God. I, I was just, I was, what's happened? They've, like, aliens have taken him abducted him and taken his brain out and put a cabbage in. It was that bad. He was losing possession, stray passes, all the simple stuff that you associate uh, with, with his key sort of moments of the game. Um, he's the mainstay of our uh, midfield, but I felt this was his worst performance in an Arsenal shirt, Jay. By yeah, Real, Madrid, Real Madrid just scored again, 2-0. So, hey, yeah. Lovely. Ah, see, happy days. Go on, Frank. Yeah. Go on. Thomas Partey, yeah. There's not a... enough time to take him to relegation, is there? <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a throwback, wasn't it, to when he was really struggling for form a couple of years back. He was, yeah, he was struggling. Um, and he's been so consistent. But that's that's ultimately where you need some of your teammates to step up, you know, and um he had a shocker, uh, but he is that good. Um, that even his, you know, bad performances, you know, take away the whole giving away the ball, you know, he can still break it up and he's still physically imposing it, but he, he just lost his head and he just didn't look very good at all, did he? Thomas, if you're fortunate enough to watch this podcast, we still love you, but uh, sort yourself out. Um, the second half... Just, was, can, I just uh, add, can I just add about Tom's party? I, I know we're not going to talk about it, but obviously the very public issues that he's got, I do wonder how much that affects him. I do. It's been going on for a long time now, and I just all season. Yeah, and then just the ability to to block that out when you've got the whole stadium either booing you or singing songs about you. Uh, I just, I just wonder, if, you know, from time to time, especially London derbies, that you know it, it, it affects him. It must do. He's, he's human, you know. To have something like that hanging over you must be huge, you know. So, I just Absolutely. wanted to say that. I, I just, yeah. I just wondered if that was, you know, good point. He, he's been able to just block it out, hasn't he? Uh, well, I think he has anyway, you know, because his performances have been been so good. But I just think sometimes in London derbies away from home, you know, West Ham are quite a boisterous group, aren't they? His supporters. So I just, I just wondered if that would make mm-hmm. it. That's a really good point because uh, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know how far this thing has progressed 
So it could have progressed to such a stage that the pressure is on and his mind is is kind of off his game. But uh, yeah, very good point. Uh, the second half was more of the same. It's a bit like the Liverpool game, wasn't it, Lauren? Second best to the ball, poor in almost every department. Uh, not really anyone in our side worth mentioning, apart from Jesus, who never stopped working, never stopped trying to make things happen. Uh, just when the writing looked on the wall, there was a penalty in the 51st minute. Uh, Antonio was penalised for handball. Now, Lauren, was this handball, or was it? Uh, what was the what was the phrase? Um, can't find it now. Uh, speculative was it? What was it? <laughs> I mean, we'll take it. I'm not going to say no to a penalty, but um, yeah, no, I think Jay said it perfectly. There, our the the handball previous in the, in the game was much more clear and obvious. I think it was it was a harsh sight. He was probably about what meter, two meters from the, not even two meters from the ball. Subjective, that's it. Subjective, Subjective. yeah, yeah, harsh. But you see them given, and you know, if it's going in your favour, you're not gonna, you're not gonna say no to it. Obviously, um, look, it's a handball; it hits his arm. That's that's how they should be given. But it does raise the question: then why are some given and some not? Well, was his arm in any less of an unnatural position than Declan Rice's? That's the question, isn't it? I think it was a closer to his. I can't really remember. I can't picture it now, but I think it might have been closer to his body, or was it just the fact that he was so close to the ball? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if that was given against Arsenal, we'd probably be a bit peeved. We'd probably be saying, "Look, you know, what more do you want the player to do?" He's. But at the end of the day, it hits the arm. That that should be the rule with handball. It shouldn't hit. The, it shouldn't be allowed to hit the hit the arm. But you know, again. Well, it depends, the other depends who you are, doesn't it? Depends Absolutely. what team you are, what referees on duty, and whether they put yeah. the VAR in. Yeah, that's, that's what it depends on. Uh, Jay Jesus had the ball. Now, I'm not blaming Saka for mi- missing this penalty. Anyone can miss a penalty. I've missed loads. I'm sure you've missed your, your fair share. Lauren, have you taken any penalties? I bet you've missed a few as well, haven't you? I think I only took one and it went in. And I think after that, I said, you know what, 100%, 100% success rate. That sounds good to me. So I'll stick with that. <laughs> Um, but he had the ball, and I thought, well, I said, to, I said to Dave that uh, he's going to step up, he's going to take this, he's got every right to do that. You would expect him to take it, and then Saka wound up with the ball. Now, as I say, I'm not beating up Saka, fabulous player, love him to bits, but uh, it had Jesus's name all over it. Um, just going to make a point here. Paul Hedge on social media said, "Poor decision by party," and in all fairness, Jesus should have taken that penalty to bury it. And hopefully we would have won the game from there. Um, what happened? Who makes these decisions, Jay? Is it just like, oh, well, I'll take it and you just let it? Surely it's a captain's decision, isn't it? Or well, someone, Saka. the manager says, you're the first penalty taker? Well, Saka's the penalty taker. Yeah. Took him off season. Um, and, and Jesus hasn't got a very particularly good record. So when I saw Jesus um, have had the ball, I didn't want him to take it. I said no. I wanted Saka to take it. Um, he stepped up. Your fault. <laughs> you know, you, you think of, I mean, scored against Liverpool uh, off the top of my head. You know, he scored penalties all over, you know, all through the season. Super consistent. Um, wasn't having a great game, but, you know, still, I, I had full confidence that he'd yeah. score. Um, 
And I think the type of penalty, I mean, it didn't look good, right? You know, his, the execution was awful, but the way that he, he tried to place it in that top corner, that's confident. You know, that that was, he was confident. It was just a miss hit. He just, mm-hmm. he just miss hit the ball. You know, you normally, if you're a bit nervous, you go up, smash it straight down the middle. But he went to, he went to just curl it in the top corner, poor execution. Um, but no, I, I know no issues. It's Saka's, you know, I'd rather Odegaard take it than, than, than <laughs> I'd rather him take penalties than Jesus. I'd rather, you know, I think Shaka can ping a good one, you know, but um, I said at the time when, when Saka missed, um, we were watching it all of us and um, I was like, it's just not meant to be this game. It's just, yeah. you could, you could feel it, couldn't you? You know, slipping away. Just slipping away, yeah. Yeah, you could, you could just feel, you know, the, the, the the tide, you know, we've 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 obviously all watched football at all different levels, and you know, I've, we've played, you know, and, and you just know when the tides turned, and you're like, we're gonna do well here to get out of this with with anything, because we were just just didn't feel, you know, just didn't feel right. It's like and someone it, turned the switch off, Jake. It was like yeah, a, yeah. A, someone had sucked the energy out of us. There was no because yeah, if we score, like we said, if we score, yeah. it's game over. The, the stadium are quiet, people are leaving, and 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 there's no mm-hmm. no way back. But wasn't meant to be. Two minutes later, after the penalty, uh, a hopeful ball pops in behind the Gunners' back line. Bowen times his run to perfection to stay onside and finds the net on a volley via a touch from Ramsdale. I mean, that Bowen, he, he just looked troublesome, didn't he? He looked like he was booted up ahead of steam. Um, uh, Lauren, if you, if we had the chance, would you take a punt? Sure. Why not? I and think, you know, matter of fact, isn't she? She gets all raggy <laughs> and then she's matter of fact. I love it. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think everyone was kind of joking about this game, you know, going into it. Oh, you know, it's Declan Rice's time to shine before he comes to Arsenal during the summer, blah, blah, blah. You know, West Ham don't have a lack of good players. They have some really, really great players in their squad, despite where they are in the table. They're also contending with European football this season with the, let's be let's be real, a limited squad depth when we compare it to other um, Premier League teams in European competitions. So, you know, it's it's definitely not the lack of quality in the in their in their team that has them in the position that they are. It's just, you know, they're probably stretched thin with the resources they have. Jared Bowen, a phenomenal player, Declan Rice as well, you know, quality spilling out there it's just I don't think they're getting the credit this season because as I said you know a bit they're a bit spread thin but uh no you know they're able to dig it out against us and everyone looked very very good and I wonder is it you know a kind of them showcasing what they can do before a busy summer for them hopefully looking trying to get big moves to teams like Arsenal you know that that was what struck me it was almost ironic you know and you know we talked about Partey having a really bad game and Declan Rice that kind of um, battle going on in there in the middle. So much talk about Declan Rice coming to Arsenal now. I wonder, was that also playing maybe a little bit on Partey's mind as well, thinking, you know, maybe I'm reading too too deep into it. But, uh, you know, just the comparison. I haven't seen Partey play that bad in a very long time. So it would have to have been something, you know, there has to have been something going on. I reckon yeah. Declan went up to him, whispered in his ear, I'm having your slot <laughs> next year. I'm having your position. You know, if he did, he definitely rattled him. But uh, I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure if that's what it was. But uh, you know, uh, there's there's so yeah, many my reasons seat, we could look I'm coming into. into that dressing room. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's plenty of reasons we could look into, and you know, there's one or two players in that squad who you think, yeah, they'd be great. They'd be great additions to 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 deepen our squad. You know, as well. 
Uh, 64th minute, we went close. Jesus uh, passes the ball out to Tierney, who cuts uh, back. Looks, It looks destined to be turned in by the Arsenal striker. Just didn't happen. He didn't get anything on it, did he, Jay? He was just thinking, oh, yes! Yes, he scored. Um, just going back to the Boeing goal, should Ramsdale have done better? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, floppy <laughs> hand, wasn't it? But at the time, it's tough, because he, he it was a good, great run from Boeing. Stayed on side. Yeah. And it, it, From it, what it, I remember, his hand kind of flapped back. It wasn't yeah, solid, it was a strong hand. Was it? So, it's, so it's a tough one, but I think, you know, I think if you were to to ask Ramsdale, I think because, like you said, Tom, because his hand sort of mm. wasn't a strong hand he had, I, I can imagine that he's a bit disappointed that he didn't get more on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not, yeah. not, I'm not blaming him. I'm not, I'm not blaming him. I'm just, it was a, mm-hmm. it was a tough shot to save, but he's a, he's a top goalkeeper and he's, you know, he set the bar so high, like 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 the lot of them that, you know, even the smallest, this is what I was saying, even the smallest little mistake, you know, gets highlighted and whatever. I'm not saying it was a mistake. I just think, I thought yeah. at the time, should he, should he have saved that? Should he have got more on that? Because he went into the sort of the side of the goal, didn't it? It went yeah. in there. Like a little bit I more. I was more concerned about the amount of space that Bowen had. He just... Just going to say he, that he was onside. There was no one around him. I don't. I. I suppose he probably would have been on Gabrielle's side more so than, you know, um, holding. I think everyone likes to likes to point at poor Rob, but um, he the amount of space he had there, you know, and I think it did take. I think he he hit it into the ground and it bobbled up or you know, mm. it jabbed up. I I would be looking at that more from the perspective of where is the defender in this situation, yeah. you know, and yeah. Yeah, great point there, Lauren, as well, because, sorry, Jay, uh, great point there, because Gabriel was coming from his side and often going over the other side mm-hmm. to kind of mop up where Holding was. Uh, I, I don't know whether that was relevant, but it did leave the gap now and yeah. again. So, uh, yeah, valid point. Jay, sorry. No, no, I, I was just going to say that that the chance um, that, that you mentioned, that was a good little move when um, Jesus played the ball down the line, Tierney crossed it in. Oh, you know, you're talking <laughs> off, you know, feet, aren't you? If he was just two, two or three feet close to the ball, a goal, no doubt. Um, mm. We're still creating chances this year. And, you know, it wasn't as bad. I mean, it wasn't great, don't get me wrong, but we were still creating chances and, and I mean, we should have scored that one. Uh, when Enketia came on, I thought, oh, he's going to get on the end of something. I was still hanging on. I was hanging on to the prayer. Uh, 82nd minute, Antonio clipped the bar. We held on. Uh, four points lighter over those two games, but still four points out in front. So it's it's not all doom and gloom, Podders. Uh, some of the reactions we get onto in a sec. We've got some time left. Uh, let's do the match stats. Uh, West Ham first, Arsenal second. 16 shots, 11 for us. Three shots on target for them, five for us. 28% possession for, for them, 72% for us. 226 passes for the hosts. 601 passes for us. Uh, that must have been that 10 minutes that they were messing about <laughs> with up the top there. I was going, yay, ole, and it just went on forever. Uh, 69% pass accuracy for them, 87% for us. Uh, social media platforms were busy waving the white flags, as I said, uh, in general, and writing off our chances quicker than the media. I just want to go back to the old Churchillian thing. I will never give up, never give in. We've got a chance to actually bring this trophy home. And until the very, until it's mathematically impossible to do that, I think everyone should be hopeful, mindful and get behind that team. 
Uh, we will pick up on this with some of the social media things. But if you're not behind the team, if you're going to just slag them off and not support them, get the bike, get the bike, get the bus, get out. Uh, we don't need you. 100% or not at all. Um, as I said to you guys, 89 was a lot worse than this. Going to Anfield, uh, the last game of the season, and we needed two clear goals to win. And, and we did that. So it's not impossible. Anyway, back to social media. Glenn O'Glaza, our mate Glenn, uh, he said the so-called Sky commentary team seems so desperate for Arsenal to fail. And by the way, it's Tierney, not Tini. And Xhaka and not Jacka. Very irritating. We take your point, Glenn. Um, Jamie Carragher said Arsenal played out of this world in the first half at Anfield uh, and at West Ham. This was nerves. They have this wasn't nerves. They haven't bottled it. They found it too easy and got cocky. That goes back to that thing I was saying about uh, Neil Griffiths said Arteta is to blame for this. Really? Uh, a carbon copy disaster, two weeks running. And once again, his inexperience has been exposed. Arteta is not the man to take us to the title. To hell with the Champions League. We threw away a big chance for the title to qualify for a tournament that we have no chance of winning. This was our last chance to win the league and we bottled it. What says you, Jay? It's not our last chance. <laughs> it's not at all. It's, it's not at all. I don't know Talk why. about overreaction, but you know, yeah, I, don't, I don't know why this 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 narrative that we're going to fall away next season. Like, what? Well, why? Why can't we progress and improve? Yeah, we ha we haven't even done this one yet, and they're worried about messing it up in the next season, which yeah. is even worse. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to we're going to be stronger next season because we're going to have Champions League money. We're going to be, regardless of what happens this season, we're going to be more experienced and um, can be more prepared. And yeah, we're not going to fall away at all. I, I mean, look, they, they are the, the media and and pundit and everyone. They are desperate for us to fail because we've we've done so well this season and we've um, we've 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 achieved much more than we expected to. But I don't I don't know about I don't know if you guys felt the same. But you know, after after the game on Sunday, I kind of I kind of thought there's no pressure on us now. I don't think there's any pressure on Arsenal now. I said, I said at the time, I, th I think the pressure's now all on City. You know, we're okay, we're four points clear, but these last two games, yeah, it showed um, vulnerability and you know, uh, lack of experience, blah 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 blah. But but also, there has been pressure on us. But I I don't feel as a supporter um, that the, the pressure's there much anymore. I think we can go out, we can go out on Friday and we can just play without that fear because I, you know, I just, I don't know why I just felt, you know, like there was this, this huge amount of pressure. As soon as that final whistle went, all of that pressure was released and now it's, that's onto City and now they, we have to go on, if we go to Southampton on Friday, win the game, we're seven points clear. They've got a couple of games in hand. They, all the pressure's on them. You'd rather have the points than the games um, City are immense don't get me wrong they are scarily good the reason that none of us have really ever came out and said we're going to win the league is because they're so good is because they have got Haaland this ridiculous beast of a savage striker you know they've got great players all over the pitch they can bring in 50 million pound defender after 50 million pound defender or whatever um, and they've got the experience the reigning champions great team great manager all that you know we're still ahead of them all the pressure's on them now, 
you know, and the players just have to, you know, this is what Arteta gets paid for. You know, he, he needs to be the one instilling into them, just continue to do what you've done all season, shut shut these people up, use all this criticism or, yeah, criticism as motivation and uh, and go for it, you know. Well, there's a few more uh, bits here. Uh, Henry Winter, the journalist, said, Arsenal FC aren't bottling it. That's naive and disrespectful. Just paying uh, for individual mistakes. Xhaka versus Trent, Party versus Rice, Saka missed a penalty. Games and titles are defined by details. Nobody pre-season expected young gunners in contention. I went City, loads did. AFC ahead of schedule. Uh, Jill Armstrong, George Armstrong's daughter, said, seriously, get behind the team. They need us more than ever. No time for negativity. The Arsenal and a big love heart. And Bernadette, 68, said it hasn't taken long for fans to single out players for criticism. Last one, Gary Lawrence. Uh, a lot of Arsenal fans, he, he, he blew me there because it's got a got. It's a lot, right? Spelling, typo. Uh, a lot of Arsenal fans are throwing in the towel. It's still to play for. This is when supporters need to get behind the team and back them. Southampton is an ideal game to get back on the winning trail. Keep the faith. Come on, you gunners. Right, let's get to that Southampton game. Uh, I'm not going to do player of the match because it will probably be Declan Rice or Bowen for me. uh, And uh, we're not here to promote those people. So Southampton next. That's going to be incredibly important, isn't it? Uh, Another club in the mire scrapping about for points. Thoughts on this game, Lauren? Yeah, do you know what? I like Jay's point that you made there. The pressure does feel like it's off. And I kind of, even for myself as a supporter, I feel like I can go into this game to watch them play and enjoy them and see what comes out of it. Yeah, I I don't... they should come out with the win from this game, but you know we've seen now against. I think we probably all went into the West Ham game expecting a win. It didn't do us too well, um, but look, you know what? Whatever. Just hope that everyone's back and everyone's playing to their best. Um, we've played them already. We drew them already. We know what we need to improve. And look, it's it's really is one of the. We've we've had many many games that we've said this is this is the crunch time this is the test to see if they can prove us wrong if they can prove they're up to the, up to the up to the challenge and you know up until now they've come out every single time and they've proven us wrong when we least expected it so there's a lot to be positive about there's a lot to you know to to look forward to um I'd love to see Trossard start to be honest I think we. The more the more the games go on, the more harsh it seems that he isn't being given a start. Considering things just aren't clicking, really, you know, he's not being brought brought on early enough. Um, hopefully, you know, we have um, Zinchenko back. Uh, to be honest, I'd rather not risk any further injury. So if he needs another game to to wait it out for the City game, I'll take that as well. But um, realistically, it should be a game that we win. Can't go into a cocky. Can't go into it. Um, expecting the win but we know what we have to do to get the three points to ensure that we bring City all the way to the very end so yeah I think it is going to be interesting uh it could be one of those we've seen it in the past where managers have a bit of a panic attack Mm. you know things aren't going right Jay and uh, suddenly they start tinkering where they didn't used to tinker I've heard as well is that Saliba's back in training what that means for the Southampton game or looking ahead to the City game 
what's your thoughts on team selection? Uh, like Lauren said, Trossard, very unlucky to miss out, but uh, we don't want to mess about with it too much, do we? No, I think there'll be one or two changes. I think Trossard will start. Um, I think that might be one of the only changes. Um, I wouldn't want to see Saliba involved at all. I don't think he will be either. Um, I think we're going to win comfortably. I think we're going to, it's going to be one of those games where we're going to, we're going to find our groove again. And um, I think we're going to, exp- we're going to take them apart. I don't know if you remember the, the, the equivalent, the fixture earlier in the season at St Mary's, it was pretty much the same as as, as the game on Sunday. We dominated yeah. early on, should have been two or three goals up. Obviously, on Sunday we were, but we did. We managed to score one, should have had a penalty. Second half, Southampton just got on top, equalised, and they should have won. Um, I don't think it'd be like that. I, I honestly think we're going to play like the pressure's off a little bit and... Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get some, hopefully, get some confidence back, get a few goals. Um, I think it's going to be pretty much the same side, other than I think Trossard will start. I think Martinelli will drop down to the bench. Um, I mean, Smith Rowe. Not a bad substitute to bring on. Yeah, Smith uh, Rowe hasn't had a You want him involved. You want him involved, but he's just not getting anywhere near it, is he? You know, he's not getting involved at all, not getting any minutes anywhere. Uh, so, um, I mean, if we could get him anywhere near the player he was last season before he got injured, obviously, then that'd be great. But then there won't be too many changes. I want to thought. I'm surprised you dropped Martinelli though. I thought he had a good enough game on on. Um, I think Saturday, Saturday, whatever day it was. I think Saka looks like he needs a rest. Yeah, but I don't think you can drop him after missing the penalty. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Actually, yeah, yeah I forgot about that, that. What does that yeah. say? You know, I think mm. uh, Martinelli. He, he, I mean. I, he was he was good, um, but mm. not, you're not a drop. So, I think Trossard as yeah. well. He hasn't done anything to deserve to be dropped, has he? You know, he he he's played so well and been mm-hmm. so consistent that he he deserves to play as well. Um, but good problems to have. Maybe no changes. Mm-hmm. Maybe no changes. I, I I just thought the same as you, Lauren. I thought that yeah. Trossard maybe should come in um, because it could be one of those games where West Ham have a really uh, West Ham uh, Southampton have a really deep back four mm-hmm. of most probably five they have a four in midfield and it's a really deep defense low block and they're going to need mm-hmm. the, the guile of, of of trossard getting the ball yeah. in good in tight little areas and you know flicking it around the corners and stuff but good options to have all good players um and i mean obviously the three points is the most important thing but i think we're going to see a little bit i think it's going to be a bit nicer to watch well fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> let's hope so I can't do uh, any more of that We uh, let's not give away a free kick not with uh, Will Prowse on the prowl yeah. because that will be deadly and the way we are in defence at the moment that will be terrible uh, absolutely devastating um, I me personally I'm, I'm getting really superstitious I do this when we, I go for a tough time I don't want to make a prediction other than an Arsenal win Jay what's your position um, he's going to go for it. He's tempted. Yeah, I think it's we're going to it's going to be about three or four nil. Whoa, yeah. Lauren, how do you feel? I'll go for a win as well. I think you know, stay positive. But I do. I am concerned about defensive issues at the moment, especially if we have Holding and Tierney starting again, regardless of who it's up against. I do think we're going to leave goals. So probably a, a three-one win. Let's say. 
Yeah, I think the thing is, we can't afford to come away with a draw and we can't mm-hmm. afford to get beat. We've got to go there and and take it to them. But mm-hmm. again, like West Ham, struggling, they're going to bring a game. Um, let's just cover a few things. We'll do this first. The podcast is brought to you by Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, the best above and below the waist grooming experience. And Zenith Coins, our new partners for quality football collectibles that you will want to add to your collection. Uh, let me just show you this. Comes in a lovely little package. Let's get it a little bit nearer to the camera. Uh, Arsenal there. And we'll turn it on to the reverse. Beautiful, beautiful coins. And it comes with the authenticity uh, label. And it actually tells you uh, what number of the mint it is. But have a look at this one as well. It's got me really excited when I opened it. There you go. It's the clock end edition. And white. And with the little logo on the back. And again, it's got the little box with clock end and the number of the uh, mint or press or whatever you call it. I'm not very good at all that sort of stuff, but they are excellent. And uh, you can buy them online. Go to Zenith Coins and you will be able to get uh, some discount. Let's give you the discount codes. Firstly, for the performance package 4.0, go to their site, 20% off. And it is ARS03. That's what you will need to put in. And if you want the clock ends or the Arsenal coin, 15% off. And it's ARS71. All key bits, obviously, with the with the numbers that we give you. 71, the double winning year. And obviously, um, our, our superb gold trophy in 03. Right, let's just cover this. Um, I don't know whether you saw it, it came out just this morning, so uh, I haven't had much time to kind of look into it. But um, the mascot, did you see the story? Ignored by the Arsenal players, everyone's up in arms, uh, Piers Morgan, uh, all sorts of people. Uh, Nick Knowles, I mean, what's he doing commenting on things like this? Go and build a house somewhere, go and renovate something. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. It, I mean, it looked bad, but I think we've had one of these before, Jay, haven't we? Where the, we were supposedly, our players were supposedly ignoring. And then after the story came out, the players actually took the, the kid into the inner sanctum, as it were, and, yeah. and treated him like a superstar. So um, there's a real bad edge that the media is bringing again. It's that yeah. media conspiracy, isn't it? So, so the video is... Um, it's, it was released by the club through their official Twitter feed, and, and it's a minute and fifty, one minute fifty seconds long. Shows the players um, signing the shirt for this uh, for the mascot. This this look, this young girl. She was standing there with her dad. Each player's going by and they're signing the shirt, and they're not. The players aren't interacting with the girl. One minute fifty, right? Of the entire day, you know, she 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 was the mascot. You know, you arrive there a few hours or an hour before kickoff and whatever, and you're there all day. So they released one minute fifty, and then you got people like Andy Goldstein and Nick Knowles, like you said, massively criticizing the club. <laughs> and every, it's just gone crazy. It's just gone way over, way overboard. I just want to say, um, I want to give you my experiences in relation to, to the club, it, it, it's similar sort of things, right? So my my son, we, we first went to Arsenal when my son was, forgive me, I think he was, a, he was six. He's now 17, right? So that's 11 years we've been going to the, going to the club, going to the games. 
Um, we've been to a few away games, but the majority of the games we go to is at home uh, at the Emirates. And first and foremost, the match day experience, we have been treated brilliantly by... Now, just to give you a back, my son is, he he's, he's disabled. He's got a, a condition that, um, he's got a muscular wasting condition. So he's in a wheelchair um, and we have been treated first and foremost by the club staff immensely. They are, they are so far ahead of m- the majority of other clubs that they should be, they set the standard. We've also interacted with Arsene Wenger. We've also interacted with Mikel Arteta um, and again, been treated just so much more, so much better than you'd ever expect to be. And then, and then also with, with, with the players, you know, um, they, a, a tiny little video like that um, shows absolutely a tiny little snippet of that girl's day. You know, if you look a little bit more into it, her dad has been tweeting today saying, you know, it was an amazing day. Apparently her dad has had some re- reporters knocking on the door of their house. Just stupid, ridiculous. But you've got you've got people like Andy Goldstein. He works on Talk Sport every day. Millions of followers on his Twitter account. Obviously, so many more millions listening in. And he's commenting publicly like that. I mean, what kind of irresponsible... That's bullshit. You know, you know, that's just not right. And and it, and it's bizarre, really, because all clubs release these things. All clubs release these videos. Mm-hmm. And, and it should just be common knowledge that it's only a minute and 50 long. You're not going to release all of the, you know, the footage or whatever, because it's just not going to happen. So just going back to my own, my own experience, we've been down to the Emirates on... A, a, plenty of times this season we've been so lucky to go and again the the staff the club even people that I deal with um via email um liaison officers everybody at the club it's full of class and it's full of care and it's full of you don't get fobbed off. You don't get passed around. If you get dealt with, and, and the club are superb at doing this, and they've done this. Like I said, we when we were at, when when my son was was six years old, and every year we've been going, and it's never wavered. They've been superb, um, and I just wanted to say that because it really made me angry when the club are being slated and and the players are being slated. Because yeah. I'm sure you can build any narrative from any, any, you know, if you don't show the full story. And um, I, I just, it just didn't sit right with me because they've always done right by us and they've always done, and they've always done right by a lot of people that I know. And, you know, and the, the club are good and, and, they, and they, they, they pride themselves on things like the Arsenal foundation and they've pride themselves with the work with the Willow, the Willow foundation and, and, and all the other charities and the great work that they do in and around, you know, in and around Highbury and Islington. And it's just, just rubbish then. I mean, Nick Knowles, like you said, what's he doing commenting? What's he got, you know, but I mean, Andy, the, the Goldstein thing really annoyed me because of, like I say, the reach that he has. And obviously his Man United bias, he's got that on him, but I just thought that was poor form and like lazy journalism, you know, I thought it was just crap, but I suppose you expect it from talk sport. 
I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you put that point of view across because it's easy to just absorb this nonsense, uh, as you say, a snippet out of a whole day. Um, let's have a, a quote from Jay Murray or Muzzy Guna as he goes on uh, Twitter. My daughter had a lovely time as mascot for the Arsenal. Uh, there was only a small window to meet the players and she enjoyed it very much. Odegaard is her favourite player, so to hold his hand onto the pitch was very special and they do do other stuff I mean I don't know whether you've seen the footage but there's uh, one of Kieran Tierney um, he goes back to uh, behind the scenes and he gets the little girl come in and gives her a shirt and uh, some tickets to the following game signs the shirt has pictures done uh, none of that came out like this Ramsdale's always giving his shirt away uh, Sack has been instrumental with um, kind of getting involved with kids and stuff like that. So uh, to every story, there is an antidote. Um, guys, it's well, we're knocking on a bit, aren't we? We're pushing the boat out. We'll have to close up the shop in a minute. Thanks ever so much for a brilliant podcast. There's been lots of good talking points. Um, we'll be back to s discuss the Southampton game the day before the most important game of the season. Another important game of the season, people. Against Manchester City. <laughs> Every game's important till the end, till we wind up with that thing, hopefully. And I haven't burnt my bridges. Uh, so we'll be back for that one. Uh, Podders, just keep the faith, trust the club, uh, believe in the team and get behind them because that's what we need at this moment in time. Jay, thanks very much. Lauren, thanks a lot. And we'll see you on the next one. And don't forget to let me know if you're available after that City game. We will pump <laughs> something out on the podcast. You take care. Bye-bye. See you see guys. You. Now for an odd story. We like an odd story. Ex-Premier League star Darren Ambrose on former boss Neil Warnock. I'd done well for him. And if you did well for him, he'd repay you. He wouldn't let anyone else do my toenails. He'd do it. He'd have his little glasses, white coat and bag of nail tools and he'd do my feet. If it was raining, he'd pull me out of training so the rest would get wet and I'd be under an umbrella. He's joking, right? This doesn't go on, does it? We'd get a KFC bargain bucket, but they would make whoever was getting it to get me hot wings. Me and him were the only ones that would have hot wings. Chicken wings for two. That's romance, isn't it? Then, when you think you're special and that you're the only one, Stan Collymore puts a tweet out. I had a trial at Notts County in 1988. Neil was manager. I walked into the dressing room and he was cutting the first team players' toenails. I can't imagine managers doing that now. Uh, no, neither can I. I can't imagine anyone doing it under any circumstances. Elsewhere, with no feet involved, it was revealed that Harry Kane, whilst at Arsenal Academy, wanted to swap from being a striker to a goalkeeper. So that explains all the diving then, does it? <laughs> the podcast was brought to you by Manscaped.com and Zenith Coins. Now, if you want those discount codes again, we'll just quickly give you them. For the Performance Package 4.0, 20% off if you put in the code at Manscaped.com of ARSO3. And at Zenith Coins, if you visit Zenith Coins, you will find that the code that you need to use for these superb coins is ARS71. That's ARS71. ARS71. 
My thanks to Silent Dave. You can find him on Twitter as SilentDave101. That's also the home of Jay, who goes under the ball gooner. Paul is at PMACCAP. Lauren is at LaurenD2710. And Tom is at Thomas Anastasi 3 You can also look up our brothers from across the pond, Nick, Ben and Kevin. They're at the Arsenal Bros. Shout out to Brandon Murphy, Simon DC of Gunners for Life, which is twin to the podcast, and Dave Miller from the Arsenal Attic. Look up Arse Devils for the latest features and breaking Arsenal news. The podcast is is available on every social media outlet, including Twitter and TikTok. And you can follow, like or download on Spotify, Apple or Anchor. Want to get in touch? It's an Arsenal thing for at gmail.com. Until next time, look after yourselves and each other. And remember, North London is red. As I walk these streets alone Through this borough I call home Upon the barren fields of ivory Neath the stadiums of stone Through the turnstiles at the angel See the homeless on the green From the Cali to the cross And every shithole in between Past the church, the mosque, the crack den And the offie on the corner See the brasses from the brothel That pretends to be a sauna Watch the bedlam in the bookies See the winners and the losers Seeking solace from their sorrow In the local battle cruisers Through the madness in the market Weathered faces turn to greet ya Hello governor, as your mother? Your right son, be lucky geezer Double pie and mash and liquor A couple of rosy Leop chap Or watch retire Tired gangsters bicker every day in Arthur's calf. The little fuckers causing trouble for the causes make you smile. You meet your muckers for a couple, forget your troubles for a while. From the full nil to the hemi, all the faces are the same. Cause the manner might be changing, but the people still remain. Staring down our childhood homes I see the architecture changing Watch the history disappear And the skyline rearranging Into towers of veneer But I see the remnants of a London That they thought they could erase Every time I hear the old school Talk about the good old days Or every time I watch the football And have a ruby with the lads See an oyster selling clobber Or a dealer shotting bags It's in the single mothers juggling A baby in a job In every single brother struggling That wound up in the dock it's in the roots and the foundation still clinging to the land It's in the bricks that built the moorland And pop them that still stand It's in my family and my friends In every gram and every bends It's in the roots that we inherit When a generation ends It's in the ruins of your youth And the faces of your past Cause the manner might be changing But the people always lost Oh
Cameron, I love it, are you? Go, go, say something. Cameron, I'm What you got to say about this? <laughs> oh, Cameron. <laughs> That's it. Say cheese. Cheese. <laughs> 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 the French.